God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain sect. I pray that what the Lord has for us will bless us. Amen. Amen. All right. It concerns our relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord. Okay? Our relationship with the Lord. And the nature of that relationship. Now, when we are observing things, when you stand to observe something, there is a way that you observe it, okay? Depending on where you stand. So our relationship with God can be observed from the standpoint of the natural. So it means that we rest upon what is natural, what we perceive naturally, what we think is going on from that natural perception. It can be perceived from that natural standpoint. Then that same relationship can also be perceived from the spiritual standpoint. From the spiritual standpoint means that the light with which you are viewing that relationship is from the Lord. Do you get it? Yes. The natural standpoint means that it is from your own light and thinking or observation that comes from you yourself. Then from the Lord's side is from the light that comes from the Lord. So if you are going to think something, if you are going to understand something, it is going to be because of the insight that comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. So when we observe our relationship with the Lord in the natural, there are many things that come up that is not really the case. Okay? But it appears as though it is the case. For instance, if you look at something like talking to God and God talking back to you, if you look at it in the natural, you think that then what needs to be done is that there must be words that go out of your mouth. There must be words that go out of your mouth. Okay? And if God is going to speak back to you, then it means that God must also speak some words that will enter your ears. So if you look at it from a natural that way, then it's not a complicated thing because then you are telling God something and then God will also hear you and then he will tell you something. That's basically it, right? So for instance, if you look at it again from the natural, it's as if you are in agreement with God. You are in agreement with God because at times you hear God's word, you hear what God thinks, and you feel like, yeah, you go along with it. You hear the Bible say, have faith in God. And then you feel like, yeah, I have faith in God. Let our will be in the direction of the will of God. And you may feel like, yeah, my will is really in the direction of God. I really like the things God likes. Hallelujah. 
Do not love the things that are of the world. Well, I don't really love the things that are of the world. Do not subject yourself to the affections of the flesh. Not really. Or maybe accept a few things. Hallelujah. So when you consider your relationship with God in the flesh, there are many things about you that don't come up. There are details about you that don't come up. All that comes up is what is seen in the flesh. And the thing about the fleshly life is that there are so many things that can work in the flesh that do not work in the spirit. For instance, in the flesh, two people can seem to talk to each other even though they are at variance with each other. So for instance, what I am is very different from what you are in terms of what is right and what is wrong. Okay? So I'm talking to you about we are at opposite ends. In spiritual things, we cannot actually stand there to talk like that. In the spirit, we cannot stand there to talk. Because if we are to stand there to talk, it means that where we stand to talk will represent the same state. And because we are not in the same state spiritually, we cannot be in close proximity so that we can talk. But in the flesh, even if we disagree, even if somebody hates the other person, they can sit side by side, lie on the same bed, be in the same house, be in the same office, walk together. Now you can move with a friend that is planning evil against you till the evil is finally accomplished. What do you think? And many people see it. That's why in some circles in the world, a lot is said about such things that don't tell your case to anyone. Because you'll be sitting there thinking that, oh, this is a friend. Well, you eat together, right? Do you get it? My own bosom friend. Do you get it? But meanwhile, there's a plan that is going on against you. So in the flesh, such a thing seems to work. Like some of us, because of such things, we believe that we are really close to God. Because we don't understand what it means to be close to God in the spirit. We feel like, ah, God is there, so I can go close. Because in the flesh, we are close to people that we even don't like. We are close to people that we have things against. We can find ourselves in places that we don't even like. Like maybe you're saying, you don't really want to be here, but you are here. You get it. And you can be here till we close. Nothing will happen. You don't even want to smile, but you smile. Do you understand that? Uh -huh. So it's like the things in the flesh or in the body, they are totally different from the way spiritual things work. And because of that, if we observe our relationship with God from the material, we are likely going to get something wrong. We are likely going to get something wrong. Hallelujah. We are likely going to get something wrong. And because of that, when we start to work with God, in terms of the word of God coming to us, there are many assumptions that we make about ourselves and our work with God. There are many thoughts or feelings of having really obtained something when we have not really obtained anything. There are thoughts and feelings of having actually arrived when we have not even begun the journey. There are feelings of being something when we are not really that thing. Hallelujah. And it is because we observe things from the natural. And in the natural, of course, one major thing that happens in the natural is to fake things, hypocrisy. 
So if we see how we appear to be to others, we can easily conclude that, like maybe some of you, everybody says you're a nice person. So you believe that when it comes to the issue of love, you have really gone far than many. You don't want to say you have arrived, but you, you have gone far than many, right? Because many people seem to think that you're a nice person. Do you see? Yeah. And it's because it's in the natural. Hallelujah. So you can go along like this for a while. Then God begins to set in. God begins to come in. Hallelujah. And that is where he now begins to introduce to you a picture or pictures of his idea as to the state that you are in. Hallelujah. And that is where he begins to walk with you and try to make you into what it is that you should be. And the thing about what God does is that a lot of the things that he brings up are likely going to surprise us. And it is because we have dealt from the natural point of view for a long time. And first of all, maybe some of you, you can just measure yourself by how you're able to listen to the messages. You don't miss church. You pray from time to time. And then there are a few people in your life that you share the word of God with. You understand that? And when you look at these natural things, they seem to suggest that you have arrived. But then when God begins to enter your heart, hallelujah, when God begins to enter your heart, then a lot of revelations come up. Now, God does not just enter anybody's heart, even though he is always attempting to enter everybody's heart. There are people that, even though God is trying to enter their heart, they've not given God any chance. Do you understand that? But there are also people that give God a chance. And that's how we give God a chance. We start by applying ourselves to the truth that we hear. We start by living according to the precepts of God. And because we are living according to the precepts of God, that is the invitation that we are throwing to God. We are inviting God to come in. But the reality is that even when we are living according to the precepts of God, the identity that we have, the way we see ourselves many of the times is wrong. The way we see ourselves many of the times is wrong. So as we are applying ourselves to the word of God, then God now begins to have a chance to come in. Now when he comes in, he comes in to actually build us up. You see, like you read in the scriptures, the ways of God are perfect. Okay? You see, when you read such a thing, you may look at it and say, ah, I agree, the ways of God are perfect. And maybe it is because God helped you to get a job. Do you get it? Or you freely see that since you started worshiping God, you have not faced any difficulty in your life. You understand that? So if you are, oh, then it is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a great thing. So your testimony is, since I started serving the Lord, everything has been. Make you his service your delight. And he will make your wants what? His care. So when you read that God is good, and that he is love, your interpretation of God being good and he being love is in the natural. 
And in the spirit, you actually do not think God is good. Hallelujah. Actually, in the spirit, you do not think it is a great thing to serve the Lord. But you don't know. You don't know. In the spirit, you do not think that his ways are perfect. His wisdom is true. His wisdom supersedes every wisdom. You do not think so. You do not think that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. What do you think? Like, if you could just even understand this information, you guys are, you'd be very stable. But you don't. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are what? Wow. So when you read it, you feel, you have a feeling towards, oh, it's a powerful thing. The name of the Lord is a... But when God scans you, where he's examining you from his light, right? When God scans you, he sees one who does not trust. One who does not have faith. One who is not really convinced about how God is and who God is towards him. One who is not even sure that all that God has in him is to help us. That you hear it. You even can tell somebody. But deep inside you, you are not sure. It's the deep inside you and that God sees. Hallelujah. So, because you, to you, you read these things and you feel like, yeah, you agree with it, you have an estimation of your relationship with God. That is not true. You have an estimation of your faith in God. That is not true. You have an estimation of your understanding of God's love for you. That is not true. And it is not because you said you are going to lie to yourself. It is because from where you stand, you really think you believe in God's love for you. Like, if I say, well, how many of you ask know that God loves us? We will put up our hands. But if God were to be the one to answer for us, maybe all of us, our hands would be down. Because on the one hand, we really think we know that God loves us. But when God examines us, right, he sees that we don't know. So you, in the way you examine yourself, think that then you are working with God in a certain way. And God, in the way he examines you, will also be trying to work with you in another way. You, in the way you examine yourself, will feel like you have a certain dealing with God. And God, in the way he examines you, will also feel like he must put you in a proper state. So that is his dealing with you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So there's a difference. So as we are with God, what we think is going on may be totally different from what God is really trying to do. As you are with God and you say you are trying to be a Christian, what you have in mind as to the process you are going through may be totally different from what God thinks should be the process that you go through. Do you get it? That's why the Bible says that it is he that made us and not we ourselves, right? And so God becomes the creator. That's why God is creator. Because the thing about being creator is not just to have the power to create. Like, if I want to create, I create. No, it's also to know what to create. It's not that I can make something. No, it's to also know what to create. It's to understand what the state is and what can be made out of that state. So when God comes and looks at you, he sees formless and void, right? And darkness covering the face of the deep. But when you look at yourself, you see that 
in thy light we shall see light. So you think you are in university, but God thinks you are in class one. Do you understand that? And it is important for us to then know that even though we can't stop ourselves from thinking a certain way of ourselves, we must be ready to let go of the way we estimate ourselves at any point in time as we deal with God. Because in the way God sees you, you think that you are done. After you go through something, you feel like, ah, I've learned my lesson. But in God's calendar, you have not. What you think is a lesson is an introduction to the lesson. So you see introduction is just introduction to calculus. So they just told that there's calculus. And maybe calculus is difficult. And that what is in calculus? Integration, differentiation. They gave you a course outline. Do you get it? But you will take the course outline and quickly extrapolate and think that you understand calculus now. So you will run around telling everybody how God has really showed you a few things and you feel like this is it. Meanwhile, God just gave you intro to calculus. You see, it's okay if you think that you have really learned the calculus, but you should be open to when God comes and begins to now take the subject one by one. Do you understand that? And the thing is that you are not the one that determines how God should work with you. You are not the one that determines how God should make you. He is the one that is creator. You are actually blind, even according to your own state. You can't see anything. It is God that sees everything. And because of that, he is the one that qualifies to make you. Hallelujah. So he has an agenda. He has a plan. Amen. People may believe that you have advanced, right? But God has a plan. And you have to understand it. That he has a plan. And he's making you. And because of that, at times you should relax. Because of that, at times you should relax. Not relax, I go do whatever you want to do, but you have to then learn to give yourself for what he is trying to do in you. And many other times, even this thing that I'm saying, we can't do it because we are still strong. And we think that strength is a strength obtained from God. Meanwhile, it is obtained from the flesh. So many of us are actually even in charge of our regeneration assistance now. Meanwhile, God is the creator. He is the former from the womb. He's the one that forms us from the womb. You don't form yourself. You are the one being formed. How do you form yourself, right? He's the one that forms us from the womb. So if you come there, you will see that actually the way you are thinking you have really gone far, you have not really gone far. Then it will make you also understand why you must walk allowing God to deal with you. You must have that understanding. Because when God really deals with you, you will understand. When he finishes and moves you, you will understand that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. You will not read it. You will know it when God is done. And that's what God wants to do. God is not saying that, hey, 
take it and make yourself believe that the name of the Lord is Elisha. No. Take it and walk with me. When I'm done with you, you will believe this thing. Yes, and after we even read the scriptures, we think we have revelation. What we have is something we didn't know that now we know. That's not revelation. Because in many cases with revelation, you already know it. Then you know it. But then something that was not on your mind comes upon your mind as you are reading the scriptures. God has opened the scriptures to me. You understand that? Or because you have understood a few correspondences, you're able to piece them together and understand a passage. Wow. It's still in the flesh. Do you see? But God, who is the porter? You see, in Jeremiah chapter 18. Let's read Jeremiah chapter 18. God, who is the porter? Right? Is trying to do something. Is trying to form you. And that is the consciousness that God wants us to have today. That he is the porter. You are not the porter. He has an idea what he's forming you into. And you are not that idea yet. And it is impossible to estimate yourself from the natural. So he has the best estimation of you. So if you think you are done with a course and your master says you are not done with that course, you stay in that course and believe that what he wants you to do in the course, you don't know. So you must stay in that course and then learn what it is that you need to learn. If you think that you should be this by now, you should be manifesting this by now, and your master says that, no, it's left with about 50 steps you must take. You have no idea. It's because you look at yourself in the natural, a certain false sense of confidence has entered you, and because of that, you feel like you are well positioned to do certain things. But God will also be telling you that, look, forming people is a detailed work. Hallelujah. Said so the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the porter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the porter's house, and behold, he wrote a work on the wheels. You are that work on the wheels. Do you understand that? Yeah, that way. And you must have that feeling that God is trying to form you into something. God is trying to make you, and he's making you from the inside. And your natural judgment is unable to play a role in what God is doing. You cannot fully analyze what you need. That's why life seems to get out of our hands. That's why it is not our purposes that must come to pass. It's not what we think would be good for us if it happens. That must happen. It is not what we think would be right for us if it happens. That must happen. It is not what we think will make us comfortable if it happens. That must happen. Something else is going on. You don't in your natural self see what you are lacking. That is why you think, oh, this thing must come to me. This must be all right. You are holding your breath for the last jigsaw to fall in place. And God is also getting ready to permit the enemy to scatter. Dawashishe puzzle. Yes, it is Alian and Abigail arranging a puzzle and delivered to end. But the puzzle was not done. And it's a very, 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 very big puzzle. The age listed on the puzzle is seven years to say 100 years. So 
So it's like, even for grown-ups, it's a problem. So they are done, they are done. But you can't be done. So they needed to pack the thing. So maybe in your eyes, this is how your life is. You have really arranged it. Pack. You come and continue. You want to pack it, put it there, and then come and continue later. Then as you are packing it, the enemy has already met God. This just to paint you a picture. Like Job. And God said, have you seen my servant Job? Do you see? That's you are carrying this, your nice jigsaw. God says, oh, you can blow the wind. <laughs> so that is when you didn't see that there's a chair in your way, right? And then your leg hits the chair and then blah. So now in your natural estimation, it's a bad thing that has happened because all your efforts have gone to waste, right? But in God's estimation, the first effort is an effort to uncover one thing. The second effort must really teach you what it is that you need to learn. So you have estimated your life and you think that this jigsaw puzzle must be done in that effort. But God has also estimated you and you say, you, you must do this thing twice. It is in the second time that you will become. You are trying to become someone who has done a puzzle on the outside. God is also trying to make you become someone who has done a puzzle on the inside. Your own idea about your life and God's idea about your life, totally different. Do you see? You are trying to get your life in order, but God is also permitting the enemy to spoil that life. Hey! Why? Because he is the creator. He's forming you. He's forming you. He's forming you. You think that it is time for you to gain, but in God's calendar, it is time for you to lose. You think that you have built faith, but in God's kind, there's no faith. So it is time for that faith to fail. Remember, Peter, it's time for that faith to fail. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because you are the one that have been saying that his ways are perfect. But so why is that this that I'm describing to you spooks you? Because his ways are perfect. It is good for you. You see, now you don't even get it. Well, you don't want to leave God to his ways in your life. But you've been singing, right? His ways are perfect. His ways are good. And you think that your life must go in a straight line to prove that. So if you believe that your life must go in a certain way to show that you have a God. No. Your life would rather be going in another way. That in your eyes is some way to show that you have a God. You see, it's because you have applied getting ahead naturally to having a God. So that's why you think so God must have his glory out of your life. All that you are saying is that your natural life must go well. But the glory God will have out of your life is that your spiritual life must go well. And God is ready to assassinate your natural life. Mix it up a bit. Do you understand that? Slow your progress. Let you miss out on certain things. And all this while, clay, potter, we are forming. Do you understand that? We are forming. What do you think? If you don't like this, stop saying some of the things you say. Lord, I believe in you. You see, in your eyes, you do. But in God's eyes, oh, wow. So I'm going to get ready to work with this person to really now believe in me. And if you're going to believe in God, you're going to lose confidence in yourself. And it is not by God telling you that lose confidence in yourself because you think that's how it works. Now, if you think that when God tells you your problem, 
And then you say, Lord, I won't do it again. That is the day the problem left you. No, that's introduction. You wish, right? You want to get there, you say, Lord, I'll stop that. Stop, stop. So no problem will come. Then you can enter into light. Then when God tells you a problem, <laughs> so you say, God, deliver me from the honor of men. Right? Well, you see that it's creeping in. What you are saying is that, Potter, right? Come and orchestrate things in my life now. But if you are saying, God, deliver me from the honor of men, you should then take a back seat. Because do you know what will constitute God delivering you from that? You don't know. But God knows. So he will now start orchestrating, permitting a few things, allowing a few things, shaking you to the core, like you're about to die. Then you get up. Then you didn't die. You see, you see that, okay, God is the one doing no, he's the enemy. But the enemy, when it comes to God forming the pot, is God's tea. <laughs> you see, I want you to understand this. But these are a few things we must get for the year of mastery to end. Yes, because the next thing that is coming, it is built on this. Yes, so it means that we will still enter next year doing a bit of this. Not even a bit of this. We will be doing this, then that one will add. So to me, two Abra is like when you go and sit at the barber and you, you surrender. Yes, and if the barber doesn't have a mirror, <laughs> you can't make an input. You can't make an input. Already talks about people that you are doing makeup for them, right? You are doing makeup for them. And then they are coaching. Say that me, I don't like my this, I don't like this. So put a line on my nose. Put a, you see. Like God is their professional makeup artist, right? And you put that line or the two in some of you, you see a dress and then you say, I want the same dress. You have not examined the body that is in the dress, right? Or you see a hairstyle. Ladies do that, a hairstyle. Or show me not a feather, I was a predation. And it will end with you, right? <laughs> After you know I want to wear that hairstyle, because you will spoil. <laughs> you see, so look at this. I pray I'm able to communicate this with you. Because it is important to then understand what is really going on in this our life before we finally live here. You are trying to build a life. God is trying to build a man, a woman. Do you see? You think you are trying to become something and you add God to it that is for the Lord. And God is really now trying to make you into what is for him. You see? The Christian, you know, oh, I prayed about it. I started it and it worked. I applied for it. I prayed about it and I got it. See you. <laughs> no. It's not a God say don't get it too. No. But it is part of the arrangement for things to go some way, for things to become some way, for things to slow down, for things to go fast. It's a mixture. And in all of it, the master creator is at work. The master creator is at work. It's important to understand it. This is what I'm telling you. You may choose not to believe me. You may even think that I don't have faith. Again, it's God, you estimate your faith from the natural. You may think you are such a positive thinker that I'm trying to introduce 
a virus of negativity. Some of you, one of your problems that you think that if you begin to consider this negative thing, then it will happen. I seem to be talking to you about a negative thing, right? So if you give your mind to me on this matter, then it means that it's going to happen. That's a sign that you don't know God. That's a sign that you don't even understand the terrain of spiritual things. Hallelujah. That's a sign. See, so if only you can shut these things out of your mind and remain positive. That remain positive is for naive people. Do you get it? From 28, 29, 30, 30 going, you don't, oh yeah, you grow. You grow in a certain way. All the things you couldn't assimilate before because you were young, it goes away. Now you, you begin to assimilate things on depth. That, that's why I was sharing with some people and I was telling them that, this is my personal observation, that you actually begin to enter proper temptations in your life when you cross 30. And it is because naturally, from 30 going is where the actual fight begins. Naturally, from 30 going. So in the scriptures, you see that. You see that David became king at age 30. And David represents the Lord in combat. The Lord started his ministry at age 30. And that is he fighting the hells. You understand that? A Levite who is in the army of God started really becoming a proper priest at age 30. Do you see? From 20, free will starts kicking in. But we work with it for a while before we begin. And that's why then even your natural development at 30, you change. You see things more clearly. Things you didn't care about when you were young. Like for some of you, when you were young, people died around you, but you didn't think it could be you. <laughs> Somehow, it's like, when you always thought of your life, you'll be 80. 80. When they even say 80, you say, no, 120. <laughs> now, 80, 30, 31, 32, enya 50 kwa. <laughs> Why? It's because somehow your eyes have opened. Because it's the same head. You saw it. It's not now that people die. Do you see? But somehow you think that it could be. It's because you have grown. The idea is that if all things are equal or all things work normally, then your temptation period will coincide with this time frame also in your life. That's what I'm trying to put across. If it doesn't, then you'll find that life will whip you. You talk to your friends who are above 30, there's a certain fear that they carry. They are not as convinced. Even though that seem arrogant when you deal with them, quietly, if you are close to them, you find out. And it's because of the way things change. Hallelujah. My point is that we came here for the porter to form us. That's what we came here to do. For God to form us. And we generally have no idea what God is trying to do. And so there should be a certain fundamental understanding of even when we don't understand what is going on, still committing everything to God. Because it is difficult to know what the porter is doing. You the one that you are being for, how can you really know what the former is doing with you? It is very difficult to know what the porter is doing. And you find that everybody has a different life. 
Oh, let me give you an example. Like when Pazania and the test were going through what they went through for all these years, say, hey, some of you have passed around and had one child, two, two how many do you have? Three. Wow. Whilst they were trying to get one, do you see? So the thinking is that, ah, right? If you are really with God, God should just say, but, but, it is shame I train our animal. It is so you think, hey, so maybe you also went, somebody is looking for a job, they got it. You and the person were looking for the job, but you didn't get it. You and the person, somebody wrote an exam, they passed, you didn't pass. So you are mentioning, ah, if I have a God, why didn't I pass? If I have a God, why is it that? <laughs> March, you know, or a two. You see, there's one that you think is going on on the surface, but there's something else that is also going on underneath. When you observe your life on the surface, you have determined what must work, what must fall in line. By age 30, you should have done this, right? How many of you did those calculations? By age 30, you should have, by 35, you should have done by 40, you should be this. <laughs> I think I'm one of the few people who didn't do that. <laughs> Actually, we are just going. <laughs> and it's because I saw this thing quite early. That's why then, them calculation is because you want to do your life for the world to see. Yeah. And you are the one also praying the Lord, take from me the love of the honor of men. So are you not sure that maybe God will temper with this calculation of yours? Or God will allow? Because this calculation that you have done, let me tell you something. Whatever you do without God, it can be shaken. Whatever you do without God, it can be shaken. Whatever you do not from the Lord, it can be shaken, it can be moved, it can be attacked. Do you see? So this your 30 years, it should be this, 45 years should be this. It is open to an attack already. Huh? It is God that has not allowed the attack for the time being. He may not allow it, and you may move, <laughs> or he may allow it. Do you get it? But whatever you have not done in God's will is open to an attack. That one yet, you have to understand. Because where you stand with it, there's an evil back in it. If there's an evil back in it, then it's under the jurisdiction of the enemy. So if the enemy can pull some strings here and there, that thing can be attacked. So in effect, you even see that here, the thing that should be attacked about attacks are plenty. Just that God, <laughs> you understand? Yeah. But now, some of you, I'm sure you are sitting there quietly, you wish a penny for their thoughts, right? A penny for their inside, right, Charlie? How is it like to have survived this and come at the end of this? How is it like, right? You can't have it. They can explain it to you. You can even tell people, but you can't have it. Your problem is that you are not trying to have your own. Because we don't wish for anybody's thing. We don't wish for people's temptations. We don't wish for people's struggles. We accept our own struggles. We accept our own temptations and we deal with it. Because what God is forming you into is different from what he's forming you into. What he's forming you into is different. Unique vessel. Remember that, right? Yeah. Some of you, something that happened to you, I remember when I met Amatika, she was angry with God. Something when we remember we are shy. Do you see? She was angry with God. I remember. 
remember when I spoke to her as at a baby, and then she came to me, and then she was angry with God because she chose medicine and she didn't get. And she got medical laboratory technician, Pastor Mike's course. Is it the one you chose? Wow. <laughs> Easy. So this was somebody chose and said, God, you have done it. You have done me well. You have done me well. Wow. The other person took him. Her name is there. So I'm going to be angry with you. So actually, she's the first person that I met with this, like in my life. And so I, I was like, hey! <laughs> like, you see, like, at least be angry with God in your heart. Like, but to be, to be able to say that, no. She said she did all that she needed to do. She learned. She was one of the best in her school. She was also praying. You're also praying, right, when you're in SS? Yes. And then she didn't get. What do you think? So, but God also, eh? The other side, he's also doing things. He's also doing things. So you come, medical laboratory technician. You see, maybe if you had done medicine, you will not be anywhere close to God, though. You'll be shocked. But I think you like your life now, right? Yeah. That's my point. Maybe you even have met your husband. Because you'll be in the reading room for a long time. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, so at times you feel like, hey, am I losing something? Am I getting something? What is going on? Also, you see, this thing is tricky. But when it is happening, it's not a good thing. Do you get it? And if it's not a good thing, you should try to change it. So like, you're not getting your medicine. It's not a good thing. You should get your medicine, right? If you want to do medicine. Because medicine is a good cause. Right? And that's the confusion when life is happening. It's not that it's very easy to say that, oh, I'm losing this and I'll be getting this. Right? Your God is working on something. And that's how it should be. Because at times, it's also not so clear what you must fight to change and what you must... So at times, you are fighting to change your thing and it's not changing. Like, it's confusing. And that's what makes it difficult to deal with. Because you are not sure if this is something God is taking from you or allowing to be taken from you. You are not sure. How will you be sure? Do you get it? And it's part of the thing that you will never be sure. You see, when you enter such a territory with spiritual life, right, then you begin to calm down. Because you would wish that you'll be sure, right? That way you can really comply with God where it's God, let's go. I know that in five years' time, I'm going to look back and even be happy about this. Somebody can even preach this to that in five years' time. You won't believe it. You won't believe it. God shows. What if? Like too many things. And God permits it to be so. God permits it to be so. So in what God is trying to do, you will not be sure of many things. And you can pray a thousand years. You will not know. Then God will be teaching you. At times, you are not even sure what it is that you are really learning. Do you see? Because at times, if you are even sure that it's okay, then let's learn it. How will you even know you are done learning it? Don't you see God do things to you that it's like that thing that. Ah, let me give you an example. Sally and them, their washroom, okay, in their room, it flooded. 
and then came to flood the whole room. The Friday, the traditional marriage of Elder Stein came by. So, as I was living there, when I came and I saw it, I concluded that the drain is blocked, right? So I set out to the rehearsal, but I was also looking for that thing that you pour in the drain and it will dissolve. I call Pastor Enoch, I call Pastor Kampa. Pastor Kampa didn't find it. He said he has a plumber. So I said, okay, then send the plumber to my house and then I'll go for the rehearsals. When the plumber got there, see, we had done the diagnostics, right? And then we concluded that the thing is blocked. So we should come and pour caustic soda in the thing for it to dissolve. When he also came, he said, they soak away, they bang the neck that enters it. And now the thing has covered around the neck. So the water can't flow again. At me, I did my physics. You understand that? What? Well, in my head, I'm feeling like if the thing comes under the took away and then it's applied, and then I can understand why it's blocking it. But to be up, and then it has just covered it a little. I don't see how. So the plumber said, we must cut that neck from there. Oh, baby, 30 minutes. I'll struggle with him. Pastor Kampa will struggle with him. I'll ask him to explain. He I said, no, let me talk to you. The guy still maintained that that is the problem. So eventually they understand why he should cut it. If he cuts it and it doesn't this thing, he cuts it, bah, water, pop, 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 out. We pour water inside. We pour water. Hey! <laughs> That's the solution. We're done. We're done. Oh. Do you see? That's my point. At times, where you apply the solution, eh, it is far away from is that they say you have a pain here, but you should check your somewhere and find the solution there. So if you are naive and you are just observing naturally, you think that the pain must be dealt with from where you feel. Maybe you have a pain in your knee. And then they say, maybe check your spine. Right? And you say, ah, I feel the pain here. Why should I check my spine? So if God comes in, God will not say check your spine because he is the one making you. Like he will preach you and things, but he's the one making you. So God will be touching your spine and be massaging your spine. And maybe you'll be complaining. Do you understand that? Because you feel that God is doing things. Then when God is done, your knee pain goes. Doesn't it happen? So if you, you say God should deliver you. You go to a field, you don't even know what the purpose. When you are done, ah, what God should deliver you from? You have been delivered from it. God, help me deal with the love for the honor of men. You pass through a few, you are not even sure what is going on. You are not sure. But you come out, you've really gained some humility. And you don't mind what men think of you. At least to a level. When it was happening, you couldn't easily trace it. That this is what it would do. And none of us can trace. So the Bible said the kingdom of God is like the man that casts seed into the ground, right? How it will grow. He doesn't know. He went and slept evening and morning, evening and morning. He doesn't know. Then the thing became what? Blade. Blade in the corn. Then the, this thing itself, right? Then when it appeared, he put in the sickle. And then he started to what? Harvest. You see? And that's how we must think of God. He's that person that is molding your life. It also means that you must not be bent on going in a particular direction by all means, at a particular time by all means. You should be 
open to God. Even if you don't understand, you should still be thinking that God is trying to make you. Because in many things that we are not sure, right, this one thing we can be sure, that God is always trying to form us. That one we can be sure. There are many things we don't know. Where will this lead to? Will I end up getting this? Will I end up this? Will this end up working? Will I end up reaching this my aim? Will I end up becoming this? Will this thing work? We are not sure. But what we can be sure of is that whether it works, it doesn't work, it blows, it doesn't blow, it blows small, it blows big, whatever, there is a setback, there's not a setback. God, we are sure, is trying to form us. So then we should always be thinking and understanding that this is what God is trying to do in spite of whatever is happening. This is what he's trying to do. And we are happy with him. Hallelujah. We are happy with him. We are happy with him. There's no happening in the flesh that says that you have faith. Confirmation that you have faith there is no happening in the flesh, in your life in the flesh. There is no progress. There is no natural physical blessing. There is nothing that shows that you have faith. Because all of them can happen without faith. So it doesn't show. It also means that if someone is advancing in something that you are not advancing in, it doesn't mean they have faith more than you. And you that you think you are, it doesn't mean you have faith, that you, you become an educator, an upbringer. <laughs> Meanwhile, the sufferings that those people are trying to bring up huh, are going through, you have no idea. You just look and arrive. Is there somebody that has chewed the formula? You can't be a teacher because you should prove the formula. People are, in their lives are proving formulas, so they are tight and suffering. You that chew the formula want to turn back and then help them towards. Please, I'm not saying that don't help anybody. Because at times, when you have not gone through things, your words that you say are true. Just that they are not deep. Because when you have not gone through things, you are easily able to believe what the Bible says outwardly, not inside, outwardly. So it will be on your lips. And at times, it is necessary. The one that is going through things will be benefiting from it. Do you understand that? But don't think to yourself that you have faith because you can easily say such things. Because then when God comes to train you, you may not understand what he's trying to do. You may even feel like when you go say, because what you know, baby, I can say, I think now, you know, you are now, yes, and then you become a hypocrite. You start hiding your issues and showing that everything is fine. And it's because you have made a name for yourself. Do you understand that? It also means then that when you are helping people because they are in hot water, you must help them with humility. Thanking God that you have the opportunity to share something, even if it may not be that deep. Hallelujah. Ah, uh, life. You wish you are not coming. <laughs> not to church, you like, you are not coming to this world in poor for it to become. And, uh, no, but it's also good that we are here. I mean, it's a privilege. Because of all that we can become. 
So he says, then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrote a work on the wheels. So you're on the wheel, you will know. Anna, or you know. <laughs> so as you're moving, moving, you're on God's wheel. It's like I'm saying it's becoming some. No, I'm just trying to let you know. It's a nice thing. Don't make it say you're on God's wheel. No. It's a nice thing. You're on God's and the vessel that he made of clay was mad in the hand of the potter. So sir, the vessel that he's making, no, I am mad. That becomes some way. It's broken. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the porter to do what? To make it. Hallelujah. Why is my husband like this? Why is my wife like this? Why are my children like this? Why is it that this my child is this way and that my child is this way? Why is it that my beloved is this way? Why is it that my boss is this way? Why is it that my family, my house family, why are they like this? Why is it that I'm trying to do something, but it is not working? I'm trying to get a job, it's not working. Listen, the vessel that he made of clay was smart in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel. That seemed good to the potter to make it. If you succeed spiritually, you must come to the place where you leave yourself in the hand of God. You know it may mean pain. You know it may mean suffering. But you trust that the outcome will be good. If you can do this, you have faith in God. Oh, Adam, Judy is going to a fetish priest and you've heard that the fetish priest does wonders. So, I've come. Do something for you. It's about you and what you want. But God, in this case, is that fetish priest that as you think you are coming. He has a plan for you already. You understand? Yeah. And that plan, and you would be an infant. And I would say you estimate progress. Oh, when you know, different. It's different from how he estimates it. The songwriter said, Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, that it is well with my soul. If we can understand this, not here, it makes us like for it to become our inner thinking, then we have faith. Let's do verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Oh, house of Israel, can not I do with you as this porter? Amen. Say the Lord, can I not do with you as this porter? Say the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the hands of the porter, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. When you begin to understand, you don't compare your life with someone else. Well, the reason for comparison is a desire to ascend, to be better. You don't. No, that's not the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to focus on what the master or the porter is trying to do with your life. Can you see that? Revelation chapter 15. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Verse 2. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, 
and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Now, there's those are God has done his work inside, right? What I want you to look at is what they are able to say. Now, if they are saying this, not like just from their lips, this is what they are able to say and feel from within. This is their thinking, right? Now, let's go. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. What is the song of Moses? The song of Moses is the outcome of subjecting yourself to the commandments of God. Amen. You know what a song is? Confession, acknowledgement from joy of heart. Moses is the precept, the commandment of God, the doctrine. You understand? So the song of Moses is the outcome of the work of doctrine. Amen? And of the Lamb. The Lamb is the Lord in the divine human. In other words, the fact that Jesus is the God of heaven. So the understanding that there is one God and he is Jesus Christ and the Trinity is in him. Amen? That is the song of what? The Lamb. And if you know the beast and all that, you understand why this, right? But let's go. Saying, so this is what they are able to say now. And to me, when I read it, I say, hey, so am I able to say such a thing? Great and marvelous are thy works. Now, remember, in the natural, we coin words that we don't believe because they sound powerful. But in the spirit, in the spirit world, if somebody is saying great, he really is overwhelmed and overcome by that greatness. If he's saying marvelous, he's really marveling. Do you understand that? He's in awe. He said, look, great and marvelous are thy works. So that's the feeling of such people. Great and marvelous. Remember, the work of the porter, the work of the creator. Do you see? The work of the creator. Say, great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways. How do you think God is not fair? <laughs> you see, you say, oh, God is fair, he's just. This song we sing it. That's the song. So you've sang this song before. you said this thing before. You see, but God is trying to now work in you. So you really say it. Do you see? But that one is not a joke. You see, those that get pregnant. Pregnancy is actually a difficult thing. When you test and you say you are pregnant, you are happy. Yes, you hug your husband, you are happy. Wow, God has blessed us. You share, you share, you share. Then you wake up one day and then in some way, then in some way, the baby can you hug, hug each other. Your nose was normal. Then now your nose has become. You don't fit to like so because we throw it on the thing, it spreads. So that's how your nose has become. What do you think? So pregnancy, then they say lie only here or don't lie this way. Yeah, yeah, I forgot which side. So you start early. Right, then when you are tired, that's when you must really sleep there. <laughs> so then your stomach is also like this. 
So when you are sitting, that's how you sit. You sit like you are squatting. Then when you are getting up, then, so you take like this, then you, you come out like this. Now you think that's suffering, right? Because that's something constructed and you feel things, right? Then it gets to the time that you must deliver. That's when you realize that your nine months were easy. Delivery, delivery room. Not even the delivery room yet. When the contraction starts. Now you should rub your back, but it doesn't do anything, right? But we still rub. You see, so my point is that you think that the pregnancy period is a difficult thing, right? But the delivery period is even more difficult. You understand that? And you see, what about such difficulty in the delivery period is that it's almost like a pain that if they tell you it will be over soon, you will never believe it. It messes you up for you to think that this is it. Usually that this is it kind of thing like. That's why you lose your sense of judgment. They say sit down. Don't lift yourself when you push. But Charlie, you understand. So, you see that kind of pain? That is, in the scripture, that is the kind of pain associated with God forming you. Because the new child coming out of you, even though in the natural, it's another person. In the spirit, to give birth is to become that person. Do you see? So the child that is born is the new you. So the old you takes seed, goes through things, and then finally comes to the delivery point to bring out of you the new you. And the adjustment that must be going on, you see, that's why the pain is happening, right? The baby is trying to come. So things are moving, things are shifting, things are opening. So that the new person can come. Do you see? So that the new person can come. So God starts with a word is shot into us. We nurse it. We apply ourselves to difficult choices. We move, we move, move. Then eventually we come to proper temptation. So to labor. That's why we say we labor in temptations. So when the new man is being produced, it is with screams. You see the labor room? Who has moved around the labor room before? Wow. You hear screams, right? Then when they finish with the baby, the person that comes, is like, it's not the person. So I think I hear bass and things can, and then a very smallish man. <laughs> and I'm sure for many people, if they even record them, I remember when uh, I was Mama D for Sally and Zilli, I took my phone to record her. When she was marching up and down the contraction, I had kind of said, walk. Like, you see, in the suffering, all the instructions that are given to you are not instructions you want to do, right? Hey, baby, be relaxed because, you know, this is the time you must walk. I remember at the last period, the nurse came, took her, they went, grazed that, climbed the ramp, climbed it, then came back, climbed it. You want relief, right? I tell you, see, when they come, don't do something. Rather hold something and stretch yourself, something be, all oh, these commandments. <laughs> you see, <laughs> So you find that the times that the potter is forming, it's like you imagine if you are forming something, if you could talk, I will don't say bonde pa pa to shape it. I say ah, yes. I mean, I to shape you. Then the thing is going around. Then what they answer? No, what one way before? So imagine some of you is being removed. Do you see also that to come out nice? 
what do you think? That's labor. And that's what the potter is doing. In the time of the Lord, there's a purpose in this. That's why the, if you suggest that you'll be giving birth again, she may stare you into <laughs> that you vanish. Many people live there saying they will never. But we are happy with the baby. That's how at times God forms us. Nobody likes the struggle. Even after the struggle, you notice how let more struggle come. <laughs> when the new person comes, somebody was saying that they've been traumatized. I said, we all have been traumatized. <laughs> like, take your time. Before you think that you must live this life with a proper mental health, you see, those kind of things. But we all have been traumatized. Disappointed. We all have been disappointed. What do you think? So, relax. Maybe I just a car passes. Hey, you understand? <laughs> There's nothing. Relax. Porter is forming. Let Porter form. Hallelujah. Then when the baby comes, you see it is worth it, right? It is worth it. But the scripture said something. That is it possible for someone to bring forth in a day? Have you read that scripture before? And that scripture, if you look at it in the natural, it's as if the old labor is just a short time. For when it comes to God's labor, they are back, then you produce. And that's what some of you, I remember those days, there was a book of supernatural childbirth, popularized by uh, the three people sitting there. Right? But I'm sure now, you still believe it, right? But you know that now the supernatural thing is a broader spectrum, right? <laughs> hey! My name is you. Please, if you have not read that book, how many of you have read it? Ladies in this church, supernatural child there. <laughs> man, it's powerful. Actually, the prescription was that you must read it with. With your, but some of us, we didn't read it. So me, that book, I have not really read it. Just I recommended it because yeah, we just passed through the book and say, oh, okay, okay, this is what they are talking about. So, okay. so we recommended it. So how many of you ladies have read it? Supernatural childbirth. Wow. Oh, God, fully now I read. But I doubt the new God people read it. But the way the old God people were when they read it, you know, I don't think they will... Now preach it too much, like it's a must read. But it's a must read. Don't let your trauma make you. No, because at times you would think that, what if you didn't have the supernatural child? Maybe you will have your child. So then we have to understand what is going on. You think that this thing that God gave you, it was to produce this. But that is also what saved you from not spoiling everything. Because if you think that you learned and things, you feel like, oh, you didn't get the outcome you're looking for, so it must not be learned. The same reason that parents make it and then they want to help their children avoid the difficult, this thing, right? No, you don't know that that's why you made it. What do you think? So, new God, read it. Amen. Amen. But when God finishes with you, uh, you come and easily now believe. To believe God for a good childbirth is not a problem. The thing that you can't believe by reading that book, but you can start your journey of finally coming to believe by reading that book. 
Some of you, it was when your pregnancy messed up that you could not believe. So it's like, now you went and then your supernatural thing. I remember one day, I knew a certain lady and she was going to give birth. So I remember I left my work when I was at bomb suit to come and meet her at tech. And then I said, oh, Charlie. I was encouraging her. I was really encouraging because the baby, is, uh, she was not married. So the baby was out of wedlock, the gentleman somewhere. So I was really, then I said, oh, Charlie, Vim, for what is coming. Because it looked like that day she would deliver. Then she started telling me how she's a Hebrew woman. And <laughs> <laughs> so like how Hebrew women before they, even the midwives had their delivered and how it would be supernatural. And I don't think she was lying. Like, as she was saying, I don't think she thought she was lying. Right? So I, I said, oh, okay, Charlie, vim, vim. And then I left. So when the baby came, it was Lorna that was with her. So I asked Lorna, Charlie, how did the thing go? Because if I tell them, no, master, relax. And you say, I don't believe, right? So now we are done. How did it go? <laughs> Come and see. Come and see. That's when all negative confessions and that's when yes I and that's how spiritual struggles are it shows you all your fake strength goes you start you are trying to comport yourself because it's not comporting right so when you finally come out and the baby is there you know it's by the grace of God that's when you know when you say by the grace of God you believe it Many of us always say by the grace of God, is that like when we get all the glory, we fear that if we don't add the grace of it will seem somewhere. So it's by the grace of God. But even the way we say it, you know, it's like we are so special, God decided to favor us as against everybody. You get it. But when you finally go through some of this and you say it's by the grace of God, there's a spirit with it. It's not a lie. It's not a lie. Hallelujah. So when a child comes out like that, that's the new you. But see how it is. Then, you know the interesting thing? In this world, we don't do one temptation. The Bible says Jesus from the beginning, like actually in his life, he suffered temptation. The cross was the final temptation. Do you see? It was not the only temptation. It was the final. So when you come out of one, of course, God will let you catch your breath. There will be another one. That's why, see, I told you sometimes you should not be trying to be happy in this life. Do you see? I told you sometimes ago, and maybe you didn't understand it. Is that happiness in the flesh where you feel like, ah, finally, I have gathered into my bands and everything. Mekra, the kind of saying. Yeah. That was a relax. That's scripture, right? No. But God is trying to form you. That's why we have been brought here. And we should leave. But that's what God is trying. God is trying to form you. God is trying to form you. God is trying to form you. Some of you, that's why when you come and say something, I just look at you and I smile. You understand? And at times, your forming is so delicate. You are coming for me to say something, but I don't say anything. And because, hey, they are forming you. If I say something, it may derail the thing. So we have to just let you go. You get it. Because the potter, somehow you've landed on the thing. And the potter is forming you. And the potter is forming you. Ain't you know, Christ to Sumnan Kasano? Eh, yeah. 
You see how you people are now? That's Christianity. You see how this message has made you do this? So this is how we go through life as Christians. Not the arrogant, boastful nonsense. You see, that when God is able to do something, a spirit will enter our side. Then we'll do things. Then we'll alternate back into that state of humiliation. Right? Remember Jesus, glorification, humiliation, glorification. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. Everything is now about to join together according to this. As I'm about to marry, my 10-year plan is fulfilled. And from there, we look forward to the next 10 years that Julius is. That's why people are shocked. I've seen people that are shocked. Like, they are shocked. You get it? Like, they are shocked. They really feel they have what they said they wanted. Then they are shocked. It's a complex thing. Full of issues. They are shocked. So this is to help us know what God is really doing. When you observe your life in the natural, you see something else. But what God is doing, you don't see. But you must know this. That this is what God is doing. It's a woman came to two between nine to two. Right? Move, 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 move. But this is what God is doing. And you can't recruit God to join your crusade. <laughs> God is the one that wants to recruit you to join his crusade. Who shall not fear thee? Right? O Lord, and glorify thy name. For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgment are made manifest. We want to dedicate ourselves to God. Hey, that he should make us. You see, this is a prayer that we embassies to. Oh, but it's a necessary thing. No, you don't know what God is bringing and whether you like it. <laughs> some of you, some prayers you prayed last year and that is what God is trying to fulfill. <laughs> And uh, on this one, God, uh, your request you made, that's what God is trying to do. But when we finished last year, we said, God, bring me to the place of mastery. Just that you didn't think it to be like this, right? You think that if you feel pain, yeah, they just put something, but God will be solving the pain also. So God has really answered you. And uh, that's why those who don't know God say last year, whatever, whatever, God is going to make sure you end the year with the answers that you have not obtained in there. Let me tell you, there's no good request that God does not answer. So if you made some good requests end of last year, God answered it. Hallelujah. What do you think? God answered it. God answered it. And he's still answering it. Who had heard such a thing? Who had seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? See, if you read this in the letter, say, okay, you get it. If you, any man now, any man now. Some call it simple, right? But it's not that. Day is a state, right? So look at it. Who had heard such a thing? Who had seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? You are the earth. To bring forth is the new you, right? Or shall a nation be born at once? The at once there is not like immediately it appeared. No. 
It has to do with the surety of the happening. It has to do with what? The surety of the happening. And that's why it says this. For as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. It's an understanding of the outcome of temptation when God allows you to enter temptation. By all means, you bring out your child. So when you are in a fix, and God, God is making you, and by all means, the fix, the trouble, the suffering, it will not destroy you. If it does, come and point this to God. Because it is God that said for us, and God, you are certain for everybody to see. So for as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. And that is the scripture that you take home. For as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. Remember, the children is the new you, right? The new you that must be born. For as soon as Zion traveled, no matter the difficulty in the traveling, this is the hope that you try hard to hold on to. That God is forming something out of you. And what you must go through for that formation to happen will not destroy you. It will not prevent this work from being done. And that is the most important thing. As soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. May the Lord help us. Amen.